fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes, and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy in General. Welcome back and Happy New Year. Happy New Year 2023. I know it's crazy. I'm feeling lucky this year. Yeah? Yeah. For any particular reason? No, no reason at all. Oh, okay. More just like a hope, I guess, you know? For sure. No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but well, my dog wants out. Hold on one second. <laughs> okay. Kelsey got a new dog. It's pretty adorable and already enormous. Yeah, she's a she's a lot in a lot of ways. How, how old is she? She's thirteen weeks. Okay. Yeah, I think thirteen weeks. Yeah, um, she's a big girl. Yeah, she's a big girl. Uh, she's a Saint Berdoodle, so a Saint Bernard Poodle mix. Yeah. So she gonna be a big one. She's gonna be a big dog. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you wanted. You wanted a big no. dog. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we definitely wanted a big dog. Uh, her name is Millicent, Millie for short. Mm-hmm. Uh, my vote for her name was Nessie, though. Nessie. Yeah, because she's gonna she's gonna be a big monster. But oh, like the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Okay, Nessie got outvoted. I- Got outvoted. Yeah, I did. Millie's, Millie's a cute name. Yeah, Millie's yeah. a good name for uh, Saint Bernard. Yeah, it 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 it's fitting for the dog, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> her coloring's a little different than I would have expected. I wonder. Do you know what color the pair? What color the poodle was? I uh, like a cream color. Oh, okay, like a cream color. Po- okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes. And her coloring makes a little more sense. Yeah, because she's like a caramel color with uh, mm-hmm. like black tips on the face and ears. So yeah, yeah, not like typical Saint Bernard coloring, like the almost cow-like look, you know? Yeah, like Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, when I was a kid, I desperately wanted a Saint Bernard because we watched Beethoven. Because of Beethoven. <laughs> And my parents were like, uh, no, we are not getting I a mean, Saint Bernard. Luckily, she doesn't drool like that. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, because Beethoven drooled everywhere. Yeah, no drool, no shedding. So I mean win win. Is she ha- is she half and half or yeah. is one parent? Oh, she's half and half. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah. Poodle Saint Bernard. Yeah, full poodle for full Saint Bernard. So she's like F one uh saint burdoodle f1 okay yeah Yeah. first generation okay Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah 
that's been my life lately because <laughs> I hated, I hate sleep. So <clears throat> I decided get a puppy. You needed a giant puppy. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. getting too good of sleep and I was like, Hmm, I should Does she really- whine a lot at night. No, she's actually doing really well at first for like the first week. One of us slept on the couch next to her kennel because she was whining quite a bit. Uh, but now that we're back at work, the last couple nights she's been alone in the living room in her kennel and she's been fine. She whines for like a couple minutes and she's okay, but she'll wake up once or twice to go to the bathroom at night. Oh, she does? Yeah. <clears throat> Is she pretty well house trained already? Yeah, she's doing pretty well. Uh, No poop inside that's good yeah potty sometimes so yeah not today though knock on wood that's good yeah yeah so going well overall very nice yeah what about you uh how's it going yeah anything Uh, new pretty well um nothing super new that i can think of about started watching andor okay what do you think so far uh it's good it's definitely it's a it's a very much a slow burn it's a kind of a slower paced show i would say that it picks up the pace though okay yeah i've made it through the first four episodes three episodes Okay. okay Yeah, like the first ones, I I remember I would watch it and be like, oh, okay, like not dying to watch the next one, interested, but not like, oh my gosh, what's next? And then by the last couple, I was like, oh, dang, play, next one, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. We've got to wait till The Mandalorian until I think like the springtime. Really? Oh, yeah. I think The Mandalorian's coming out in like April or May or something like that. I thought I saw April, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're finally watching it. Yeah, me too. It's about time I finally started catching up on some of this stuff. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. Uh, but we had some, we've seen some pretty great movies over the holiday season. <laughs> we did. <laughs> uh, these are not Figlet approved. No. None of well, these are. Well, at least one of them. I, I don't know which ones you're all of them. You? I know which one specifically you're referring to, I think, but I don't know about. Well, one of them, I mean, only one of them is Christmas themed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we uh, watched Violent Night. We did. <laughs> it was really <laughs> good. <laughs> Violent it is, and it's surprisingly quite good. And so funny. Yeah, there's a lot of funny, it's, there's some, there's some corny moments in the movie for sure, but the movie, like, it embraces it, it doesn't take itself seriously, it knows it's kind of a ridiculous premise, and that's what it kind of goes with and owns, and it's, it's really good. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I, I was just pleasantly surprised by it. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently, it, the, the, did you tell me this, or I forget, but it's going to be like a franchise or something. Oh, <clears throat> I, somebody I told didn't me know. that. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, they might yeah, make like another the one. The plan is to continue making these movies. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> well, it's from the producers of John Wick. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So they definitely are busting out the John Wick movies. They're going to be releasing the fourth one, I think, this the year. The fourth one? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Dang. They're yeah, pretty so popular. They know- and they're, they're fairly low budget. Even though they're really well done, they're fairly yeah. low budget movies. So they don't have to make, you know, like these Marvel movies and Star Wars yeah. movies. They got to make a billion dollars almost to break even. Well, um, I mean, that reminds me... Um, Oh man, somebody was in the new Avatar movie. Um, not like a main role or anything, but uh, after it came out this winter, which did have you seen it? No, I haven't yet. I haven't either. Uh, but somebody asked her about it, and she said, "Oh, I like filmed that four years ago. I thought that it just didn't come out, or it just did really bad, or something, because she hadn't heard about it." <laughs> Was that like Zoe Saldana? No, no, not a main star. Like it was just somebody who maybe had a scene or something in it. And oh, so yeah. They, I'm they, like, sure they forgot about they, it and thought that it did horrible or something because they yeah. hadn't heard about it. So I'm sure they filmed like the actors like, yeah, like several years ago and they've spent a few years just doing all the CGI and computer stuff. Well, and it like you know, watching documentaries and like listening to people about making movies, you know, the way that they film movies is so bizarre. It's not like they film it in order or, you know, like scenes in order or anything like that. So I feel like if you're an actor in the movie, like, and you're not super invested, you probably have no idea what the plot is. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to read the entire script to yeah. understand what you're doing. I remember, um, it's not fantasy, but the Mission Impossible films. I'm a big fan of the Mission Impossible mm-hmm. films. And uh, Rebecca Ferguson is the name of the actress who comes into the series in, in the movie called Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seen her in an interview and she said so she'd read the script obviously and everything and you know it was a pro it was mission impossible with tom cruise she was like this is really cool and so she decided to to do it to join the cast and the very first scene they filmed she had to jump off a building with tom cruise so she was like freaking out but that happens like an hour into the movie oh really and that's like the first scene that they filmed that was the very first scene they filmed she said she jumped off the building with tom cruise and when they landed on the ground he looked at her and said welcome to mission impossible (laughs) gosh (laughs) i mean i wonder how they decide in what order to shoot the scenes and you know stuff like that you know yeah, I don't know. It makes me wonder if sometimes maybe they want to get the more comp- complicated scenes out of the way first. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, and on that, uh, I was listening to an episode of The Friendship Onion with Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan. And Dominic was in uh, Star Wars, the newer Star Wars trilogy. Um, his scenes did not make it in, <laughs> but... Oh, he got cut? Yeah, he got cut. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, from what I understand, him and J.J. Abrams are like good friends or something. And so he was like, hey, can I read a line, you know? And I guess like he could not get his line right or something like that. Like he couldn't remember it. 
No kidding. But well, anyway, JJ Abrams mid did lost, so yeah. But and he was saying like the scene that he was in, he would feel so bad because he would mess up and to reset the scene took like 30 minutes. Oh geez. And it's like stuff like that that you don't even think about, you know? So like this one, maybe two minute scene could possibly take half a day or all day. Yeah. Well, remember when we did the episode on the mummy and the scene with uh, Rachel Wise in the library where the, all the bookshelves, she knocks down oh, all those yeah. bookshelves. She said it was going to take 24 hours to set that whole thing back up. Yeah, it's And crazy. so the director was kind of like, you have please don't screw this up. <laughs> and she did it in one take and they didn't have to redo it. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you know, stuff like that, that man, movie making is intense. Yeah, it very much is. Yeah. And then not, I mean, not only that, but nowadays with all the CGI and stuff like these actors, it's like a whole different level of acting because there's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like okay. to watch the behind the scenes things with a lot of these Marvel movies and stuff. Yeah, it looks it's, they're, really they're all stupid. acting in front of a green screen and they're wearing, you know, there's those like a tennis ball, you know? Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well there's yeah there's there's scenes from the hobbit where uh yeah martin freeman is acting to like a tennis ball when he's supposed to be talking to smog yeah it's crazy Hmm. yeah it's nuts but movie magic man it's crazy movie magic uh what else did uh we watched the new knives out movie you watched it too right uh the glass yeah i I fell asleep during portions of it, but I got the gist of You're it. You're just I think. a tired boy. I have been lately. The movie <laughs> was a little that movie moved a little slow. It was to I, me. It wasn't I, as good as the original. Yeah, I liked the first one better. It was still entertaining, though. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Craig's really good. Yeah. In his role as Benoit Blanc. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I don't know if you've watched it yet, but I did watch the menu with Ray Fiennes. I haven't watched it yet. You said you, you last time I talked to you about it a few nights ago, you said you still hadn't decided whether or not you liked it. Yeah. It's a solid, I'm not sure. (laughs) So if any figgy has watched the menu, uh, I know it is being available on HBO, correct? Yeah. It's I think HBO it's on HBO Max. Max. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. It's weird. Starring the inimitable Rafe Fiennes. Well, yeah, and he has some like there were a couple moments where I could have sworn he was going to go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty intense actor. Yeah, he's scary. I mean, he can with be, or without yeah. a nose, it's just it's too yeah. much. Yeah, he's he's good, but he can also be surprisingly funny. You haven't seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, but he's no, in that. And he's pretty funny in that. Oh, he's funny in that. Well, yeah, his character is is his character is a serious character, but he finds himself in goofy, absurd moments and oh, circumstances, okay. and okay. he uh, he does a really good job. They're pretty. Some scenes are pretty darn funny. Oh, okay, okay. I know. I need to watch that. I only a, know him from Harry Potter and Made in Manhattan, so. Yeah, he's been in much more. <laughs> many, many more movies than that. He's, Probably better, he's been, too. 
Oscar nominated actor. For what? I think he might have been nominated for Schindler's List. Oh, well, I've seen that too. Okay. He plays the terrible Nazi guy who's in charge of the concentration camp. At the top uh, of the tower? Yeah, with the rifle. That's, yeah, that's him? That's Ray Fiennes, yeah. Um, and I think he also was nominated for Best Actor for The English Patient. Hold on a second. He's got, they've got some makeup on him in that movie. I think they do something to his nose and they give him a belly. He's got a bit uh, of a belly. In Schindler's List, they do? Yeah. I got to just. Because he's normally a pretty thin guy. Oh my gosh. That is. Wow. Okay. I mean, that was a long time ago. That was 1993, I want to say. Schindler's List. Dang. That's a bummer. I liked the guy, you know? I think that was the movie that... I think that's when he kind of burst onto the scene more as a film actor because he came up as a as a stage actor. I think yeah. he was a Shakespearean actor. Oh, okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Well, I mean, if any figgies have seen it, let let us know. Uh, what you feel because I'm an I don't know I don't know what happened I don't know how I feel it was entertaining it was... yeah I was gonna say you said that you said that it was you felt like it was a good movie but you couldn't decide whether or not you liked it oh yeah like I didn't want it to be over <laughs> but see to but... me that suggests you probably like it right I mean I think I don't I don't know what happened though you know like, I don't know. Like, it's one of those m movies where it's like, wow, there must be some deep meaning behind this. But I don't know what it is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I hope I'm intriguing you to uh, watch it. I do want to watch it. Is it, is it made by a famous director or anything? Ooh, great question. John, oh. uh, I can never say his name. Leguizamo? John Leguizamo? The actor? Oh, I said, yeah, he's in it. Oh, he's in it. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see here. Directed by Mark Mylod. I've never heard of him before. Hmm. Produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you serious? What it says, Adam McKay from, you know, he's been in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Among other things. And then Will Ferrell. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that should convince you. It's a black comedy horror. That's what it says. Yeah, you're just going to have to. You're going to have to watch it. Everybody. Except Figlets. Absolutely. It gets not. pretty good reviews. I know. That's the thing. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Audiences say it's got a great cast and plenty of fun moments, although the ending might strike some as a little tough to swallow. Yes, the ending was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, okay, my husband and I, like the whole time we're like, whoa, what? Oh my gosh. And then the ending, this was our face. What? <laughs> like, oh, that concerns me. I 
it frustrates me when there are movies that have really weird endings, but we'll see. Well, oh, I'm still going to try to watch it. Oh, I think that's the problem is the ending was like so weird. Yeah. So weird. And like the movie, I would say like the first 30 or 45 minutes, like, da, 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 da. okay, like, what is it? And then it's like, whoa, boom, you're in it. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Dang. Okay. Okay. Watch it. Watch it. Okay. All right. Well, we have some emails to get to. We do. Yeah. So um, our first one is from our faithful Colin. Oh, yes. He says, Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year to you and all the other figgies slash figlets. I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to another episode of Panic at the Intro. (laughs) (laughs) We did a pretty good job this time. Yeah, I didn't panic. Oh, sorry, Colin. I'll panic next time. Uh, And hopefully some more listener mail. I watched the new Witcher Blood Origins and was thoroughly underwhelmed. I couldn't put my finger on what I didn't like, but never really liked many of the characters except the lead. Always good to have a bard. And the slightly crazy dwarf who talked to her hammer. Your faithful listener who writes emails when he should be doing something productive, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we appreciate the emails, Colin. We do. We do. Have you uh, watched Witcher Blood Origins? No, to be honest, I didn't know that another one came out because they yeah. had one that came out a couple of years ago, I want to say at this point, and that one was pretty darn good. Oh, um, really? But I didn't know they came out with another one, so I'm going to have to watch it. I'm always down with crazy dwarves that talk to their hammers. I mean, that so. sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you can never have too much bard. Bards are usually pretty entertaining characters. Let me see. Hmm. Or too many bards, not too much bards, but too many bards. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Huh. So is the bard the character? I wonder if the bard is the character from the live action Witcher show, the toss a coin to your Witcher, that guy. Mm, Yep. Oh my gosh. He was one of my favorites, is one of my favorites. (laughs) Love him. Love him. Yeah, he was a good character. (laughs) all right and then we also have one from figgy dakota ross yeah yeah do you have it pulled up or do you want me to read it um i don't have it pulled up right now yeah why don't you go ahead yeah okay so dakota says hi again i finally made it through all the episodes of your podcast as aforementioned, I kept track of quotes and boats wins. Now, keep in mind, many wins were rather subjective and up to interpretation on whether it was a win or lose. In jet, okay, you're smiling already because you're Cause super proud of yourself. <laughs> uh, in general, if it was guessed right away or with just a few hints that obviously didn't give it away, I counted it. But excessive or obvious hints, I did not count. I also counted as a win the few times Bobby didn't have something to guess, but just gave a boat fact or story. Anyway, Bobby had 21 successful guesses out of 25 and 84%. Kelsey had 16 successful guesses out of 25, a 64%. Winner, winner. There you go. There you go. I'll get you a trophy. 
Uh, yeah. Also, to I be kept... fair, it's a fantasy show, and you would ask me fantasy questions, which I know a lot of actually. But I would ask you some pretty random boat trivia that was kind of challenging sometimes. Okay, well, thank you for giving that to me. I will. I still won, but I'll give it. <laughs> I still won. Also, I kept track of track of several impressions by Bobby. I doubt I was able to catch all of them, but here are a few: Yoda, Chewbacca, Rick from the Mummy. Can you do that one again? What was the imitation of Rick? I don't know. I, I know. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go back and take a listen and find out. We had to re-listen to that episode. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, this is my favorite. A dying rabbit. <laughs> go for it. You go for it. <laughs> it was like a... Uh, uh, yeah. uh, v from V for Vendetta. Uh, oh, which... You know what? This time, so no, I'll get back to it. I'll finish this email. Uh, Gandalf, Trolls from the Hobbit, Gollum, Gimli, Darth Vader, Frodo, and Samwise. This podcast journey has been fun, and I look forward to more episodes from you guys. You are easily my favorite podcast. Thank you, Dakota Ross. Thank you. Thank you, Dakota. Yeah, thank you very much. That's awesome. So cool to hear. Love that. It is. Thank you for the stats. Yes. And for proving beyond a reasonable doubt that, that Bobby's away. I am better. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I mean, I think that's it. We can get into some mad mashups. Yeah, sounds good to me. Ready for this? Let's do it. All right. All right, and so let's get into some mad mashups. Yeah. All right, so on three, you say character, I say setting. All right? Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Geralt of Rivia. Oh, in the Forbidden Forest. The Forbidden... Oh, oh, from Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, So you have okay. to keep in mind, we have like Aragog in there. Uh, we have some some thestrals. We have um centaurs. Um, man, what oh. else? Colin inspired me. I was going to go one direction, but then when he brought up the Witcher yeah. blood origins, I decided to go with Geralt. Um, I think I have some bad news for the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, I mean, it's about to Geralt get of Rivia is legitimately, <laughs> literally a monster hunter. Well, I mean. Does he have his little, like, his little drinky drink, or? Of course he does. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Would you say that when we put Harry Potter on a shit full of Reavers, we gave Harry his wand? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, you know, I think I think it's super obvious what's going to happen, like you said, in the Forbidden Forest. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty easy. What? Yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no you no. go. I was just going to say the one thing that I think he might hesitate on are are the centaurs. Since they're half human. Yeah. So maybe oh, he might. that's true. Like what he might would hesitate he, a second. It's kind of like a uh, moral dilemma. Yeah, but they still are 
creatures, I guess, instead of humans. So it depends on how, if they came at him aggressive, then he'd probably go at them aggressive. Yeah, like Ronan comes in hot, you know, quite often. And he Mm -hmm. needs to cool it. So I don't think that he would stand a chance. And once once he's down, I think the other, other centaurs would be like, listen, Geralt, I... I didn't I wasn't on board with that in the first place. So can we just go? Can we please bring Dumbledore here to talk this out or Hagrid somebody? I mean, do you think like we're talking like thousands of spiders? Yes. No problem. I'm not saying that there wouldn't be a problem. Like things would pose a bit of a challenge to him, probably. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he takes out Aragog first, mm-hmm. what do the other spiders do? Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Same thing as the other centaurs, I guess. <laughs> maybe you take out the big one and then maybe the little ones are like, oh snap, maybe we don't want any part of this. Yeah. Cause I think the, I think he wouldn't have a problem with Aragog. I don't see that. Yeah, Aragog's a, Aragog's a big target. Yeah, he's and you know not super fast moving. He de- yeah. he depends on his his little spiders to attack. So yeah, I mean I'm sure Aragog is pretty formidable. Um, he's no Shelob. Yeah, but oh yeah, the only thing I could think of would be the sheer numbers of the spiders maybe overwhelming Geralt, but then he can cast some magic too. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's got a spell that like like does like a shockwave or something to knock some back. No, that's true. Uh okay, so uh my husband and I, this is getting a little bit out of the forbidden forest, but we have done uh we just finished two towers. Okay. Okay. What about Geralt uh at the Battle of Helm's Deep? I mean, he would have been nice to have. Yeah. The thing about Geralt is he does need to be in close. He's he's a he's a close range fighter. Mm-hmm. So I mean I'm not saying that he can't use you know a bow and arrow. I'm sure he can quite well, but he's more of a he's more of a melee up close and personal combatant. So when they That's started, I feel to bleach, like when the numbers are higher, you know, he may definitely walk into some issues. Maybe. I mean, he might be like, I mean, Aragorn's really good at fighting against big numbers, so he might yeah. be kind of like Aragorn. He's got that gigantic, Geralt has that gigantic sword that he can swing around and hack some things up with. And like I said, he does have some magic too. Yeah. Yeah, So that's true. You know what I was thinking about when I was watching that? You know, when they uh, get on their horses towards the end and kind of like storm out the gates? Uh-huh. And just start like hacking at the orcs. I mean, that takes some serious strength. Oh like, yeah. To not only swing a sword around like that, but also make contact, rip the sword back out of a body, and then go on the other side. You know what I mean? Gosh. It takes a major grip strength, and you've got armor on. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Only for that reason. Only, yeah, only for yeah. that reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 
I mean, their armor is better than like, you know, medieval armor, like knight suits of armor and stuff. That stuff you could barely move in at all. Yeah, but it's still not, you know, conducive to flexibility. No, but it's a little bit more like I'm thinking of Theoden's armor. It's a little bit more like uh, leather yeah. than it is yeah. metal. Yeah. And so it's easier to move around in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Gosh, still not is... light, probably. Yeah, that's just my favorite favorite scene Lord. in all of the movies. Really? Oh, the Battle of Helm's Deep is like rank number one best battle, best sequence, all of it. I think that the the scene that gives me the most chills when I watch the Lord of the Rings films is when. Gondor is under attack and things are not looking good. And then all of a sudden the sun starts to rise and the Rohirrim are up on top of the hill and failed and gets them all amped up. And yeah, uh, that's a good one too. Ride now, ride for ruin. And uh, they charge and the orcs are shooting. He orders them. Oh, what's his name? Gothmog. Mm-hmm them to shoot and they're shooting the arrows and hitting they're taking out a decent number of them but not enough and yeah. as that cavalry charges in and the look on the orcs faces are like oh crap we're yeah. in trouble oh it gives me chills no see i get that way with uh the battle of helm's deep like when the rohirrim are at the top of the hill again and then just the music like oh, oh when they yeah. when Aomer charges in yeah mm-hmm. the Elden King stands alone yeah not alone I think though that the consistent theme here is the Rohirrim, the Rohirrim yeah I mean they're pretty down. cool yeah <laughs> exactly all right well uh that's mad mashups we kind of mashed it up even more yeah uh, anyway, well, let's uh, get into the meat of our episode. All right, so let's uh, get started. Okay. So we're still on our... Uh, baddies characters we love to hate yes series uh this one you know is a little controversial being in here i feel like maybe a little bit yeah yeah because is he bad is he good Mm. is he just selfish i don't know i think there's very dark shades of gray yeah so, uh, well, who are we talking about? We're talking about everybody's favorite bounty hunter. Ooh. Boba Fett. Boba. <laughs> what up? Um, yeah, so Boba Fett. Let's, uh, yeah. let's get into it. So our sources, obviously, movies, uh, books, <clears throat> Wikipedia, our brains. Yeah, the shows. Yeah. Oh yeah, shows too. Yeah, uh, so there's a there's a lot on um, there's a lot of information on Boba Fett. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
But let's talk. So who who was Boba Fett? Just very general. Who was he? Okay. Yeah. Generally speaking, he is human. Yeah. Uh, he's a human crime lord slash former bounty hunter mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Yeah. And he did those things for a very long time mm-hmm. and garnered quite the reputation. Yeah. He was a, he was a feared bout. He was a feared bounty hunter. Yeah, very much so. I mean, he, he was a bounty hunter and he was also very good at what he did. Yes. Quite good. Well regarded. If you needed to hunt some bounty, he was your guy. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so let's talk about him like early years. So okay. he was not born. No. He was created on Camino. Yeah, he was a clone. Yeah, he was a clone. Um, and he was one of many clones. Oh, yes. Uh, one could argue nothing too special about him, you know. <laughs> yeah, agreed. He was one of many thousands. Yes, so many clones. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know, all that kind of stuff, the clones were created as a an arrangement between Darth Tyrannus and Jango Fett. Yes. Yeah, so just this arrangement between them to kind of uh, get an army going. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the unaltered clone of Jango Fett, who was a Mandalorian bounty hunter. Okay, yes. and he actually raised Boba as his son. Yes. So at first he was just called Alpha. But then when he kind of adopted him as his son, my thing is like, what stood out, you know, <laughs> like, well, if he was called Alpha, was he the first one? I don't think so. Okay, maybe, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. What's so special, you know? <laughs> I mean, you're a clone. Yeah, you're a clone. Um, Nothing special about you. Could you yeah. imagine being like a clone? Like there's 1000 of you. Ugh. Yeah, and in Star Wars, like more than a thousand, like well, yeah, thousands of thousands. thousands. Yeah. It was an entire army. Yeah, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Like for me, you know. <laughs> oh gosh. If you <laughs> were the of, prototype, yeah, one of me is too much. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, uh, but yeah, so he raised him as his son. Okay. Yes. Uh, he wore Mandal. Well, Jango Fett wore Mandalorian armor. That was kind of customized to him and then later adopted by Boba. But, you know, we'll get into that. Um, And he, you know, Jango Fett found it necessary to train him very early as a child in combat and martial arts. So he's very skilled in that at a very young age. Yeah, as is per usual for Mandalorians. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so, you know, kind of what happened after his early childhood? So after his early childhood, uh, Boba and Django uh, retreated to Genosis. Genosis? Geonosis? Geonosis? Sure. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Django was ultimately killed by Jedi Master Mace Windu. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mace Windu's pretty hardcore. Yeah. I used to, 
once upon a time I really nerd dived uh because when I was a when I was younger in my in my youth in my misspent youth um my brother and my cousins and I would make Star Wars videos <laughs> so we would basically get like wooden dowels no way really yeah and do like lightsaber fights and we figured out how to rotoscope so we could put lightsabers in and so it looked like we were actually fighting with lightsabers. Really? Yeah. And this, we're talking 20 years ago, at least. How so uh, the process was long and painstaking. <laughs> but we did it. Um, but I used to research uh, lightsaber fighting techniques because they are, they're, they're different. They've got different ones. Um. Obi-Wan Kenobi's was really based on, uh, I'm, I'm nerding out here a little bit. I want to say Obi-Wan Kenobi was form three is what oh. they called it. And it was heavily based on defense. Okay. So Obi-Wan's defenses were very hard to penetrate because that's okay. what he focused on was protecting himself. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Darth Tyrannus or Count Dooku. Uh, he was form two, which is a very sort of, um, the word I'm looking for finesse but aggressive style mm. mm -hmm. and then uh <clears throat> both um I think both Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker were called form four which is like a combination of the two but I think Mace Windu if I remember gosh somebody can correct me if they want to nerd deep dive this but Mace Windu I think was form five and what is and that form five was like all out like because Jedi, you know, can control their emotions. So he would yeah. control his emotion, but it was the version of controlled berserker rage. Oh. Like he would go, like he could go nuts and just mow people down. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Controlled berserker rage. Like, because he kept his emotions in well, check. Yeah. Yeah. Jedi. But he would channel the force and his skill into just it's a, it's a highly aggressive form of lightsaber combat. And he could just wield that thing like crazy and just, just plow through people. Dang. I wouldn't want to be in the way of that. Yeah, no. So anyways, that was a nerd yeah. out, but so. go ahead. Well, he was killed. So Django was killed by Mace Windu, and this really led Boba to seek vengeance upon Mace Windu. Uh, probably not smart, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not successful. <laughs> probably not. No. Uh, ultimately, he was in prison on Coruscant, and after he served his time in prison, uh, he did at that point take up the profession as of bounty hunter, just as his father Django Fett did. Um, and he apprenticed yeah. under Cad Bane, who was hardcore. Cad Bane. Yeah. Is Cad Bane hardcore? Uh, yeah, Django Fett, I think, worked with him or taught with Cad Bane or something like that. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also a Mandalorian or? No. Cad no. Bane, no, not a Mandalorian. Okay. No, um, he looks kind of like a, a space cowboy. <laughs> like a space cowboy. Let me see, buddy. Like he, right he has like a blue face yeah. with like little tentacles that come out. He wears a fedora. Um, what? 
Oh, oh yeah. Okay. You recognize him, right? I've seen him before. Oh yeah. 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 What kind of creature is he? Duros? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Duros species, species Duros gender male. You see him in the book of Boba Fett. So. Oh, do you? Okay. I haven't watched it yet. I need to, I need to watch it just to say that I have, I know that you didn't like it, but I need to watch it just to say that I have. Listen, my, so uh, a colleague at work, she's like, whoa, loves like nerd big time. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, like big time. Okay. She watched Book of Boba Fett and was so angry at how bad it was that she, chan- really? she canceled her Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> what? <laughs> she didn't want to support it anymore. Yeah. Oh, dear. And then when Andor came out, she got convinced to renew it and her hope was restored. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Not happy. Okay. I'm looking up Star Wars lightsaber fighting forms (laughs) right now. I'm wondering, are you going to be able to show us some of them or? Um, I'd have to practice, but I'd be down. And you did these on your videos, correct? Oh, they were videos. Okay. Um, Are these somewhere? Can I ask your mom if she has these or can I? My mother would not have them. If anybody had them, it would be my brother. And so I'll have to check with him. So if you do want me to go through these forms real quick. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So most Jedi practiced form one, which is also known as Shai Cho. Okay. Uh, This was the most basic lightsaber fighting form. Um, Form one fighters always slip back to a defensive posture after attacking and consequently, while Sith learn Shai Cho, they usually ditch it in favor of more aggressive forms. Okay. Um, so most of the Jedi that were cornered and executed during Order 66 utilized Form 1. Okay. Um, form 2 was developed when lightsabers started becoming more common among the both the Jedi and the Sith. It is a very graceful form suited for skilled duelists such as Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. Uh, form three, yep, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. It, its style accounts for how Jedi adjusted f- to the creation of the blaster. Oh, okay. So that Obi-Wan is, so somebody like a Jedi like Obi-Wan is very adept at deflecting blaster Yeah, shots. very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Which here. we see form- a lot. We see a lot. We do. So form four. Sorry. So I got some of these things wrong because it's been a long time since I looked at this. Oh, but form typical. four. Form four was actually. Uh, let's see here. It's one of the more aggressive forms, relying heavily on force-assisted acrobatics. Its most famous practitioner Yoda. is Yoda. Uh, form five is where you get. Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. So form five was developed by practitioners of form three, like Obi-Wan, who saw the need for a more offensive and aggressive style. Okay. Um, it's designed for distance, allowing practitioners to swat blaster bolts, but also is designed for blade on blade combat. Okay. 
um, a lot of Jedi's thought that this was not faithful to the Jedi way, that it became too close to using the force for offense rather than defense, which could lead mm. to the dark side. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, then there's form six. Um, let's see here. Form six was developed by Jedi who wanted to triumph without dominating their opponent. They wanted to defend themselves and deliver justice without the temptation of power. It is surprising, therefore, that Darth Sidious's apprentice, yeah. Darth Maul, oh. a wielder of Form Six. Whoa, that's weird. Huh. Form Seven, or the Pod, is used by Mace Windu. Uh, it is the most controversial. It is probably originated millennia ago as an outgrowth of Form One. Other, like other forms, the Pod encourages a Jedi to embrace their emotions using them to fuel relentless assault. Hmm. Uh, consequently, many Jedi who have trained him to pod have fallen to the dark side. Oh. Jedi Master Mace Windu, famous, who famously wielded a purple lightsaber, became the sole known master of the pod who did not go to the dark side. Who's one that went to the dark side, does it say? It doesn't in this article. Oh, okay. Well, so, I mean, that yeah. makes sense. It's almost like you have to be even more in control of your emotions because you have to be able to use them, but not actually. Like, but not allow yourself to go yeah. too far. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. The okay. seven forms of there lightsaber you go, people. Combat. No need to correct Bobby now because he corrected himself. If you tuned into fantasy in general to nerd out on all things, <laughs> there, there you, you go. You're there welcome. You go. Yep. We came to the right place. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Boba's life as a bounty hunter. Okay. So his life as a bounty hunter, he, it lasted for a considerable time from the fall of the Galactic Republic, mm -hmm. which we obviously see in episode three of Star Wars when uh, Palpatine assumes the title of Emperor. And uh, it lasts until the end of the rule of the Galactic Empire. Yeah. So from the fall of the Galactic Republic to the fall of the Galactic Empire, when, you know, the second Death Star is destroyed and yeah. the Emperor is vanquished. Which is um, decades. Yeah, decades. Yeah, it lasted a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, during this period of time, he was one of the most feared bounty hunters uh, during the reign of Palpatine and during the time of the Empire. So, and as you saw, he was, you know, recruited as one of the bounty hunters by Darth Vader mm -hmm. uh, when he wanted them to hunt down the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and of all the bounty hunters you see in Empire Strikes Back, Boba Fett's pretty, pretty clever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He waits and waits until he can pick up on something and then he goes while everybody else is kind of twiddling their thumbs, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's see. He first used Tatooine, which is so interesting how Tatooine, which is this backwater edge yeah. of the Empire planet, is so critical in the Star Wars universe. That's, it's so prominent, you know? Oh, yeah. He first uses Tatooine as his base of operations as and for his syndicate. He developed mm -hmm. this syndicate of bounty hunters and uh, eventually expanding to Coruscant as well, which that makes Coruscant is basically a a planet that is a city. 
like it's yeah. one giant city planet. Yeah. Um, uh, he also eventually becomes one of Jabba the Hutt's go-to guys. Yeah. And as we learn in in Star Wars, Jabba the Hutt is a gangster. He's basically yeah. a mob. He's basically a mob boss, mm-hmm. and he uses job or excuse me, he uses Boba Fett as basically a hitman. Yeah. And there, and you know, him and Jabba the Hutt would as close as you could call friends, I think, to a yeah. point, you know, yeah, they would hang out so. a little bit. Yeah, uh, for sure. Even though uh, Boba called Jabba his pet, but you know. Oh, did he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what like, else do we know about his life as a bounty hunter? Yeah. So, like you said, he also worked for Darth Vader. Uh, so when he heard that Vader was looking for two droids, for example, he attempted to collect the bounty on that. Uh, he did track them to Luke's moisture farm, but it was already torched. Um, so he kind of, you know, like you were saying, kind of bided his time a little bit. Um, he also worked directly for Vader to track down, uh, a rebel Alliance pilot associated with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, who we know, Uh, he ended up finding out about Luke and um, uh, found Luke in Obi-Wan Kenobi's old home. And there was kind of a little scuffle and he wasn't able to capture Luke, but he did go back to Vader and tell him, I don't have him, but I know his name. His name is Skywalker. So that was the first time that Vader ever heard Skywalker or that he had a son. Oh, yeah. So he's kind of the bearer of good news. I don't really know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good, good news. news if you're a father, bad news if you're a Sith Lord. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, a little bittersweet. Yeah. Um, and then obviously he ended up hunting Han Solo uh, so that Vader could use him as bait for Skywalker. And then he pursued the bounty from Jabba the Hutt on Han Solo. Which very successful on those things yes yeah he did a great job well done well done um but then obviously we know of his demise assumed demise Mm -hmm. or as we all thought uh when we watched return of the jedi yeah uh so So, what, what happened well, he falls. Well, he falls into the pit of Carcoon or the Sarlacc pit, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, after they redid the original trilogy and released it with all the CGI oh stuff, that really gosh. that really bothered me. I thought the Sarlacc pit was super lame. It was. So um, I prefer the original. Yes, all of, uh, all of the CGI stuff. I don't even understand why that happened. You know. Because George Lucas made the new Star Wars movies and fell in love with CGI and decided to go back and remaster But it them. just looks so dumb. Agreed. Because like 80% of the movie is from 1977 <laughs> yes. or 80 or 83. And then there's these random modern CGI effects and it looks so out of place. Like when they're going into like um, on Tatooine, when they're going into the port and there's like you see like all the ships and then suddenly there's some CGI animal walking by. Like, first of all, not necessary. No. Second of all, stop, you know, like just. 
like George Lucas, we love you, but you got bored or something. Yeah, you you have to stop. At some point, you have to stop. Well, he is now. He's done now. But he's done. um, But we have a mutual friend who uh, hunted down. Did you hear him talking about this over the holidays? He hunted down the original, like on on Blu-ray, the original Star Wars cut that doesn't have all the CGI in it. No way, really? Yeah. So like in this, like Han actually shoots first. (gasps) There's no CGI garbage. It's the original cut. It's crazy that like it's hard to find that. It's annoying. Oh, I know. Thank you to dedicated Star Wars fans out there who maintain this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, But anyhow, so after he falls into the Sarlacc pit, he's assumed dead by all. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody correct, a figgy correct me on this, who's a big Star Wars fan, if they can. I've heard this story that Boba Fett became so popular after the films that somebody wrote a book on Boba Fett surviving the fall into the Sarlacc pit. And they petitioned George Lucas to make it canon. And George Lucas was like, Okay, sure. I'm cool with that. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So the the story of how he survives is that Boba Fett digs himself out and becomes a prisoner of the Tusken Raiders, Mm -hmm. but ends up living among them. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, I mean, fanfic, you have a chance. Fan fiction has made a difference. It has. It really has. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of like roughly what he does, you know, um, he's yeah, very, I mean, he's a bounty hunter. That's what he is. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. Super good. He's a man hunter for money. Yeah. Um, okay. So his appearance, uh, so as a bounty hunter, his appearance, uh, he obviously assumed the Mandalorian armor in honor of his father, uh, kind of rebuilt it, made it his own. Mm -hmm. Um, on his armor too, he had a lot of braids on the shoulder, which were trophies of his fallen prey. Ooh. Yeah. So watch out. Kind of intense. Yeah. Uh, and then after losing his armor, um, you know, after he got out of the Sarlacc pit, uh, the Tusken Raiders, they, um, sorry, they took it from him. Uh, mm-hmm. But after after losing that, he wore a black poncho and was armed with a cycler rifle and a gatterify gatter stick. Sure. Weapons used by the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, so he came pretty adept with those weapons and, you know, in their art of battle. I was going to say, I bet you he exceeded even oh, their yeah. expertise in those weapons. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that people who have watched Book of Boba Fett know better than us. But yeah. 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 All right. So what's he like? What's his like sweet little personality type? What's his Enneagram? <laughs> his what? His Enneagram. Oh, dear. I don't know what that is. Is that a psychological <laughs> term or like a social it's media like, term? Uh, like it's one of those you can take a quiz and there's like different types. You're like a certain type. So like either you're. I don't, I don't even know. Like I'm a, I think a two, which I'm a challenger. I like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Just look at that. 
I would classify his personality as bristly. <laughs> yes. Um, he does have a strong bond with his father. Yeah. Um, and uh, because of that, when his father was killed by Mace Windu, it it hardened his personality. Mm-hmm. He became, you know, Mandalorians aren't the the warmest people in the world. Yeah. But it made him even colder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's very suspicious of others. Mm-hmm. So he's always making sure that nobody's trying to double cross him type of thing and questioning people's motives. Doesn't um, really trust anybody, which I feel no. comes with his job, obviously. Yeah. You he know. kind of works on the black market. Yeah. 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 Um, as such, because he does deal in black market things and he is a bounty hunter, uh, he is ruthless. Yes. Doesn't have much compassion on his targets no Mm -mm. cares about the Um, yes job Um, he's concerned for himself Mm -hmm. he's definitely willing to sell other people out to preserve his own hide uh he's not very quick to forgive um and he commands loyalty yeah yeah command slash demands loyalty for people who work with him um obviously very lethal yeah and uh he eventually as you see i think kind of in the mandalorian and i haven't seen the book of boba fett yet need to watch yeah. it but but you I do see it a little bit in the mandalorian for sure you do um he develops a code of honor mm-hmm. and some humility yeah so it seems like he maybe kind of goes a little bit back more to the mandalorian roots mm-hmm. as he ages and like goes through some of the difficulties that he goes through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Agreed. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, what about some of it? So we know that he's lethal, uh, but yes. what are some of his specifically some of his abilities? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's highly skilled in many ways. Uh, combat skills. He's, he's skilled in hand to hand combat as well as with weapons, a multitude of different weapons. Um, he's great at strategy, you know, developing strategies. Uh, like you said, you know, when he's bounty hunting, kind of staying three steps ahead of everybody else and not mm-hmm. being impulsive. Um, so he he's really good at strategy. Um, he has great leadership skills. He did um, run that syndicate. Um, so we see that he has great leadership skills. Um, and like I said, he's great with weapons. So he's very, he's very armed. (laughs) Um, he flew the slave one. So that's the, uh, the transport that he got from his dad. He kind of adopted from Django Fett. Uh, Mm -hmm. he also has the Z6 jetpack wrist gauntlets with frame flame throwers, uh, an EE2 carbine rifle, vibro blades a wrist laser i mean he's he's got it all yeah a cool scene in the mandalorian is when they come to get the child mm-hmm. um and they're on that are they on tatooine oh gosh i can't they're remember the always plan on tatooine you know but um <clears throat> you know mando is taking the child to this place to help him out or whatever to figure some out. Man, it's been so long since I've watched it. I have I to know. go back and rewatch it. It's I know. I feel show. like I need to rewatch it. And uh, Boba Fett shows up, gets his armor back that he hasn't had for a while. And that ship is flying away. Um, 
and Boba Fett, he gets his armor back on, puts his jet pack back oh, on, and then he looks over and <laughs> shoots this rocket out of the back of his jet pack, <laughs> and it blows the ship up. It's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, bottom line, if Boba Fett doesn't like you, you're done, you know? He's not, he is a bad enemy to have. Yes, yeah. But he doesn't have to be an enemy either. I think that's kind of the thing that makes him so dangerous is he's not on a side. No, no. So he could be after somebody on the dark side one day Mm -hmm. and a Jedi the next. Yeah, for sure. Depends who's paying him. So. Yeah. 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 In, in, In large part. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cross this dude. He's not a good enemy to have. And he has a lot of weapons. A lot of weapons. And he okay. knows how to use them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some fun facts on uh, Boba Fett. Okay. So. so oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Yeah, go. Um, so uh, first fun fact, only had four lines of dialogue in the original trilogy. Yeah. And fanboys everywhere fell I in know, love. Right? Is that crazy? <laughs> Four lines. I think it's because honestly, I think it's because because obviously I wasn't able to watch the films in theaters, mm-hmm. the original films. But as a child, you know, growing up watching these movies, I just remember thinking, you know, I didn't like Boba Fett wasn't my favorite. My favorite character was always like Darth Vader or Yoda. Yeah. I'm kind of kind of basic. Uh, but, uh, I remember thinking when I saw him, the dude just looks cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. He looked and and mysterious because he only had four lines, but he was this guy that like worked for Vader kind of, but then himself, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, I think the mystery surrounding him. I think so too. That he was like super cool. Yeah, he's just, yeah. And I think people just were like, man, who is this? People were asking, like, just asking themselves questions and nerding out amongst each other. Who is this guy? What's yeah. his story? Like, what is he about? And Because, yeah, he was mysterious and just really cool looking. Like, who who is this guy that Vader is contracting that doesn't work for the Empire? You know? Yeah. Like, it must be something. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Anyways, what's the next fun uh, fact? So Lucas stated that if he had known Boba would be a popular character, he would have made the character's death in Return of the Jedi more exciting. Not give him more lines. No, just his death. Just make his death a little cooler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I mean, if, to be fair, it was kind of lame. He just kind of like gets tossed. He doesn't. In. He just get. He just kind of gets he knocked like gets into knocked the. Pit in, yeah, like he loses his balance. Somewhere. Yeah. 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 Which not not a very graceful death for somebody who's supposed to be an epic legendary bounty hunter. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Last fun fact. All right. During the development of the prequel trilogy, at one point, Lucas considered depicting Anakin Skywalker and Boba Fett as stepbrothers, possibly referencing their alliance in the Empire Strikes Back but discounted it as too hokey. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for saying no to something. 
We appreciate Yeah, because I feel like he said yes to way too much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Way too much. Always. Yeah, that would have been strange. Yeah. How could they have been stepbrothers? Like, how is he? He would have had to have completely changed the origins of Boba Fett, right? From being a clone to something yeah. else. Yeah. So like Jango a... Fett and like Anakin's mom? Shmi, I think her name is. Yeah. Yeah, that mm. would have been strange. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah. No but thing. yeah, thank you for saying no to something, George. Yeah. We appreciate it. We appreciate <laughs> it. Um, okay, so let's do some ratings. Okay, let's do it. All right. So Boba Fett. Well, do you have anything else to say about Boba Fett? Um not necessarily. Yeah, I mean he's I, I I've always thought it was fascinating how popular his character became. Yeah. Um and I guess they they figured out how popular his character had become because you know they sold Star Wars action figures like crazy when the movies came out. Yeah. And Boba Fett's action figure was flying off the shelf. Oh, really? And so they were like, holy smokes. Like, <laughs> people really like this guy. So yeah, I think yeah. you're right though. He just looks cool. His armor, like the Mandalorian armor is just legit. Oh. Yeah. It's one of the things I love about the show, The Mandalorian. Mando's yeah. armor is just so freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, anyways, anything else you want to add? I mean, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so ratings. Despicable. How despicable is he? With 10 being extra, one being not at all. Huh. So, I mean, based on what we know of how Boba's character arc develops, and I mean, here's the thing. He's like, he's a bounty hunter, um, which he's I'm not a, saying that that's a good no. thing. Kids don't go out to become bounty hunters. No, but he's about as despicable as Han Solo could be. See, that's the thing. I think he's just maybe barely more despicable than Han Solo, yeah. who's a smuggler. Yeah. Um, is he morally so, okay? No, I don't think so. But no, but he's also not a genocidal no. megalomaniacal maniac like Palpatine. Yeah, he's just helping him uh, out a little bit. So despicableness, I'm going to give him a man. I'm going back and forth between two numbers. They're right next to each other. Um, I'll give mine. I'll give mine. Okay. Four. Okay. I was thinking five or six. I think I'm okay. going to go with five. Five. Okay. So yeah. overall, 4.5 for Despicable. Okay. All right. Um, what about Redeemable? 10 being the most, one being not at all, or the other way around? No, the other way around. Ten. Okay, that's right. 10 being horrible, not yeah. at all Redeemable. Yeah. One being very. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say, I think with the right motivations... He's somewhat redeemable, so I think I'm gonna go with a five again. Yeah. Me too. I'll go with a five. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I think this is the problem with having like a character who's not is he bad? <laughs> no. Is he good? No. Yeah. Likeable. 
Oh, likable. He's he's up there. Um, I can't go crazy with it, but likable. I'm gonna like I said when I was growing up watching Star Wars, I thought Boba Fett was cool, but he I never like completely nerded out on him like a lot of people have. So likability, I think I'm gonna give him a seven. Oh, I was gonna say eight. Okay. Okay. So that would be a seven point five. So that's 11, 12, 17 overall. That's got to be our lowest one, right? Yeah, that's a low score. Low score. Yeah, <laughs> 17 out of 30. Yeah. So, I mean, he's about 30. halfway. He's a little bit worse than mid-ground, you know? He's a little bit like your score in Quotes and Boats. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Lightly above failing. Yeah. <laughs> okay well i mean i feel like that score sums him up though i think so too good no bad yeah but not anywhere close to the worst not not comparatively no (laughs) does he murder maybe is it just (laughs) for money yeah you know yeah just to get by nothing against you he just yeah. It's nothing against you. He just he, wants to get paid. He doesn't hate you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's Boba Thanks, Fett. Boba. Yeah. In a Mandalorian helmet shaped nutshell. In a Mandalorian helm. Nope. Can't say it. That was a mouthful. Yep, it was. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, continue the journey on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at the Fig Pod. You can also email us at the at gmail.com and become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash the Fig Pod. And please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow so that you never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General Podcast. See you next week. See you next week.